0: I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today. And always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Amen. Amen. You know what I love? I love the fact that um, we have such, we've been blessed with such versatility uh, and, and so much talent in our worship that. Um, that whether I'm up here leading worship or Isaiah's leading or another member of the team is leading or um, we still don't have this right here. What is up with that? I don't know. Um, But anyway, it's irrelevant. Um, But sorry, I just, I see things every now and then and I'm like, uh, well, exactly. Yeah, so, um, but we're so blessed to have um, such amazing uh, musicians and singers, and um, so even when we're a little shorthanded today, we still uh, are able to, to do something that sounds pretty dang good, and they lead us into the presence of God uh, in an amazing way. You, you agree? Do you agree? If you don't, just keep it to yourself. Keep that. Um, but. Um, as we were singing that song, and God, oh, we were talking so much about, about the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which we always should. I mean, that should be on the forefront of our mind, but I'm thinking, Easter's coming up, right? I mean, you can already buy an Easter basket at most stores, right? So, and Easter is what? April? It's late in April this year. Um, anybody know how they decide when Easter is or what the form? It's like a formula, it's bad. It's worse than like common core math, the way that they figured that out. Like I have no idea. But anyway, um, it's like 21st, that's what I was going to say. I think it's like the 20th or 21st or something of April. Um, but it's really not that far away when you think about it. Two months, right? Because this is what, the 24th? Um, so anyway, Easter is uh, just around the corner. We do a couple really cool things for Easter. We do a citywide uh, Easter egg hunt, um, which is awesome. Um, and uh, literally thousands of kids come to our, our uh, Easter egg hunt. So we're pumped about that again this year, and you're going to hear more about it. And then, um, I don't know, I wasn't going to announce it today, but uh, maybe I will, just because I'm all excited. We're going to do a Good, Friday, um, a Good Friday worship concert this year for Easter. So uh, not even my team knows that. Only Jasmine knows that. So we're going to do a Good Friday... Uh, Easter concert. We're going to call it finished because Easter is about, it's not about celebrating a Jesus on the cross. It's about a Jesus that said, it is finished and rose again victorious. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So we're going to do a Good Friday uh, concert and we're um, really pumped about that. Um, I'm really pumped about it and you guys can start getting pumped about it, okay? Um, You'll be hearing more about that. We're talking out of... uh, out of Luke chapter 15, before I get started today, um, I, I want to congratulate, if they're watching at home, um, and I want you to congratulate Ryan and Charmaine Jefferson. Ryan, yeah, uh, some of you are like, what are we congratulating them for? Um, they, uh, Ryan said last week that they were um, getting ready to have their baby, and Charmaine was doing about three weeks. Well, um, on Wednesday, he decided that he was coming. And um, so they actually had him Thursday morning. and um, so will you remind me of his name again? Jackson. Jackson. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, but we want to say, I should have wrote that down, but we want to say welcome to Jackson Jefferson. And uh, we want to already start praying for him with four sisters. Um, we want to already start praying for him. Growing up in that house, but um, no, we want to welcome Jackson, and then if you would like to sign up um, to help out with a meal for Ryan and Charmaine, then you can see Pastor Susan, um, put your hand up, you can see Pastor Susan afterwards, and you can sign up to take a meal or take part of a meal um, out to uh, the Jeffersons this week, and we just want to join together as family and bless them, amen, Amen. praise God, praise God, well, I got to get started, or uh, I'm not going to get done. Because we got a lot to talk about today, but I'm pretty excited. Luke chapter 15, Jesus starts out and he's talking to us about what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now these are are three stories that Jesus is telling. They're not factual events, but it's like an analogy. It's a parable. Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like these three things. And he tells us three stories. And um, we can see that if God is like these three things, that we need to be like these three things. I was talking to um, Tony DeLeon yesterday, and he said that he was in El Paso and saw a billboard um, for a church, and their current series is This Is Us. And I said, well, they, I'm sure they're just listening to what we're saying and then just rehashing that, but uh, no, that's not it at all. Um, but uh, I, I think that, that it's really important to know who we are, and I can guarantee you, if you were to go and listen to Pastor Charles Neiman at Abundant Living Faith Center in El Paso, and him talking about, this is us, then it would be completely different than what we're saying, this is us, why? Because their this is us is them, and our this is us is us, right? And what they do and what they're called to be as a church is different than what we do and what we're called to be as a church because that's them and this is us. We talked last week how we have churches that are all over town and they're doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. And we have one thing in common that we lift up the name of Jesus. But the way they're called to do it and the way we're called to do it are two different ways. One is not right and one is not wrong. They're just different. But I can say this, if I tried to do it like them, I would be wrong. And if they tried to do it like us, they would be wrong. Because God has called them to do certain things, and God has called us to do certain things. And so some people have said over the years, well, how come you don't do this? Or how come y'all, I went to a church, they did this, and I I thought it was really good. I'm sure it was wonderful. And I'm excited that they did that. But that's not us. Now, we do things that maybe they don't do. Because that's us. And they have a calling and we have a calling. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So Jesus starts this out in verse number 1 of Luke chapter 15. It says, all the tax collectors and the sinners, they came to listen to Jesus. That's really interesting. All the people that were all messed up, all the people that did all the things that they maybe shouldn't do, all the people that were out there just just living like, like the world, living like hell all the time, those people came and they listened to Jesus. Now it says the Pharisees and the scribes complained. They didn't like it that these people came to listen to Jesus. They didn't like it that it says that he welcomes them. They didn't like it that he eats with them. I want to say that I am excited that we have people in here that need Jesus and we have a place that have a door that is open to anybody and everybody to come in here and to be themselves and to say, I'm going to come in here, I'm going to sit down without judgment because I need Jesus. Amen? Praise God. That's the environment that I want to have. The first thing I can say, this is us, is we have open doors, and you're not going to get judgment from here. Amen? Praise God. There is no place for that in the kingdom of God. No place for judgment in the kingdom of God. Last week, I said it this way. I would rather have a church full of people that cuss a little than have a church full of people that put on a church face every Sunday. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I read this quote this morning, actually. And this is from, uh, from a guy named Rich Mullins. Rich Mullins, if you, anybody ever heard the old song, Our God is an Awesome God? You ever heard that song? Rich Mullins wrote that song, all right? Rich Mullins was kind of a hippie. He actually lived in, uh, on the Navajo reservation in, in uh, Gallup or just outside of Gallup, New Mexico. And one of our friends, um, him and Rich, built a, a hogan for him. Um, back in the day right so this is the kind of dude that Rich Mullins was a powerful songwriter and um, I believe he, he died in a plane crash I'm trying to remember how he passed away but I think he died in a plane crash Rich Mullins said this he said I never understood why going to church made you a hypocrite because nobody goes to church because they're perfect If you've got it all together, you don't need to go to church. You can go jogging with all the other perfect people on Sunday morning. Every time you go to church, you're confessing again to yourself, to your family, to people you pass on the way there, to the people that'll greet you when you get there, that you don't have it all together, that you need their support, you need their direction, you need some accountability, you need some help. Amen? Can we agree with that today? Every time we come to church, you're saying, I need Jesus, and I need your help as my family. I need you. We need to join together. And so this is what Jesus was saying here. He's like, you got problems? Come on. We got room for people who got problems. This morning when we walked in. I don't know, Joe wants me to say I'm going to say it anyway, and he can gripe at me later. But um, I was talking about this quote, and I wasn't even going to use it today, but I thought, you know what, it goes. But I was talking about this quote, and uh, I said, I'll never understand the people that just say, well, I don't want to go to church because there's hypocrites there. Joe said, there's hypocrites at my work, but I still go. <laughs> right? I find it interesting that Jesus called the... This is not even what we're talking about today. But I find it interesting that Jesus called the people that are hypocrites the ones that give and they're only giving to be seen. He called the hypocrites the ones who pray and they're only praying so that they could be seen by men so that they can be heard for their abundance of words. That's who Jesus called a hypocrite. He didn't call a hypocrite somebody who's got a pure heart, who's trying hard but just falls short sometimes but they know that they need Jesus. Amen? We have this very misunderstood view of that word. So these people came, and you know what's funny? Jesus called these people hypocrites, the Pharisees and the scribes. That's who he called hypocrites. And they were complaining because he welcomed sinners. Maybe they were hypocrites because they wanted you to think that they were something that they weren't, right? Maybe they were doing it just for show. So Jesus spoke to them using an illustration. He said, suppose a man has 100 sheep and he loses one of them. Again, I want you to say one. We said it last week and we're going to say it today too. Suppose a man has 100 sheep, he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 grazing in the pasture and look for the lost sheep until he finds it very important that he looks until he finds it we're called to do the same thing now when the scripture talks about a shepherd he's talking about an overseer or a pastor this is the one this is my position this is pastor daniel's position that we have a congregation of people but our job is to go out and to look for the one that has gotten lost now, my job is not to go out and say, why would you get lost? Did you not follow the signs? Did you get off the path? Why would you get, I told you not to wander away, but you did. That's not my job. My job is to go out and look until I find them. Now, he leaves the 99, and he doesn't just leave them and just say, forget about it. The 99, they'll be okay. I'm going to go after the one. But he leaves them grazing in the pasture. I need you so that I can go and search for the one. I need you. I need you to do things like home groups. I need you to be able to step up and to minister. I need you to be able to do that. I'm not saying that we're not going to fill this pulpit 99% of the time, whether it's Pastor Daniel or me. We're going to be filling it 99% of the time. But I'm saying this, that Pastor Daniel, who started this church 27 years ago, needs me so that he can go to the Philippines to search for the one. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I need this worship team to step up, to be able to lead you to the throne room of God so that I can do this, so that I can go to Guatemala in a few weeks and search for the one, so that we can go and do we need you so that we can go and search for the one. We're called to do that, but we need to make sure that you're grazing in the pasture as well. We need to make sure that you're ready to welcome the one when they come in when I find them, because what do I do? I throw them on my shoulder and I go home. So when I go out and I find the one, then I say, no, I know you're wounded, I know you're hurt. I'm gonna throw you on my shoulder and I'm gonna carry you to the place of refuge, which is the family, which is the home, which is the church, that's who we are. That's who we've gotta be. That's who God's called us to be. Amen? Amen? So something that's, that's amazing to me in this, and sometimes we get it a little bit wrong, I think, because somebody comes back and, and, and we, we automatically want to ask them a bunch of questions. We automatically want an explanation. We automatically want to sit down and lecture so that we know that they're not going to stray away again. And sometimes we have good intentions. But if we'll just follow Jesus' example, What did he do? He said, then he calls his friends and his neighbors. Important. He called his friends and his neighbors. People he liked and people that were just close. People that could hear him. People that were just in the vicinity. And he said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come over because I found the person that was lost. I found the sheep that was lost. And here's what we're going to do. Because we have found this lost sheep, we're going to throw a party. That's what we're going to do. We're going to throw a party because we have found the lost sheep. Everybody, we're going to throw a party because we found the lost sheep. Right? And now what you do... You throw a party, and you can't have a party without a mess, right? We want to throw a party because we found the lost sheep, amen? Amen. Praise God. So today, we're going to say that word a few times, and we're going to get into some deep stuff today. But when we say that word, I want you to cheer because we are getting ready and getting prepared to celebrate the found. Because that's who we are. So party, you guys cheer. (laughs) Because we're going to celebrate the found. I don't know how long this is going to... You're going to turn it on right now aren't you <laughs> did we get a slow-mo of somebody doing that the other day I think we did somebody put their face right in front of it and we turned it on I don't know he says let's celebrate because I found my lost sheep so next next story we see a woman who has 10 silver coins. Now, these 10 coins were worth about a day's wage each. And I'm just giving you kind of a, a, a wrap up of what we talked about last week or a recap so that we can move on. A woman, she had 10 silver coins. They were worth about a day's wage each. So I took the average salary for Carlsbad, New Mexico, which is $62,000 a year. All right? Maybe you make more than that. Maybe you make less. That's the idea of an average, right? Some make less, some make more. So we've got $62,000 is average. So that's about $250 a day minus, or before taxes, all right? Before tax, about $250 a day. So if she loses one coin, $250, isn't it natural that she lights a lamp and she gets on the floor and she sweeps the house carefully until she finds it. Remember, the scripture tells us that we are the light of the world. If we are the light of the world, then it's our job. It's not just the the shepherd's job, it's our job to go and to seek the lost as well. It's not just the pastor's job. First story was about the pastor. The second story is about you. It's your job and what did they do? This floor, it was most likely either a dirt floor or even more likely it was a rock floor. It was uneven. There were cracks. There were crevices. Sometimes you had to like really get down in there. Cleaning that was like cleaning behind your refrigerator. How? I don't want you to answer this, but how often do you clean behind your refrigerator? Yeah, right? So this was like cleaning behind her refrigerator, and she was searching. Do you think that the search, we don't know how long it it took. It was probably in the last place she looked, because I bet she stopped looking whenever she found it, right? So it was the last place. You ever say that it was in the last place I looked? Well, congratulations. I'm glad you stopped looking when you found it, right? She swept the house. She searched carefully until she found it. And then what did she do? She called together her friends and her neighbors and she said, hey, everybody, come together. I want to have a party. Why do I want to have a party? Because I found my lost coin. They're like, why are we having a party? Because I found my lost coin. That's why. Oh, a party of the century, you guys. Penny gets crazy over here. Her name is Penny, by the way. The Bible doesn't tell us that, but uh, uh, Clarissa named her Penny because she had coins. So um, we have Penny who lost a coin and she spent probably more on the party I said, she probably spent more on the party. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna die. Then she spent on the coin. It didn't make sense, it wasn't proportionate, but I'm here to tell you that God doesn't always make sense when he looks at us because he doesn't judge us based on the value that we've given ourselves or that society has given us. He doesn't always judge us on face value like it says on that coin, but he judges us for far more than that. We are worth more than what you've been told you're worth. You're worth more in the eyes of God, amen? Hallelujah, praise God, so good. So Jesus tells us the third story. And he kind of wraps up all of these stories in this one. He says this, that a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so he divided to him his livelihood not many days, and not many days after. The young son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions on prodigal living. And when he had spent them all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. So then he went and he joined himself to the citizen of that country. To a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. But no one gave him anything. And when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise, I will go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and and therefore against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. I'm going to stop right there. Let's go through this, and let's begin to break it down a little bit, because I think it's interesting that very first off, he says, then a man had two sons. It sounds to me like that's like, a, uh, that's like a riddle that you would read. Who can solve this first? Comment. A man had two sons. They each had three daughters. Those three daughters had seven picnic baskets. How many people went on a picnic or whatever it is, right? This man had two sons, and the younger one said to the father. Now, we don't hear anything else about the second son until the verses down here that we're not gonna talk about today. So he says, a man, he had two sons. The younger one of them said to his father, I want my inheritance now. I don't wanna wait for it. It's taken too long for you to die is essentially what he was saying, right? I want my inheritance now. How insulting is that to the father? It's pretty insulting, I think. Hey, why don't you just like... I know, like, you're still, you're still living and, and everything is cool and stuff, but I kind of want to just go ahead and get my, like, an advance on the inheritance, right? Can I just get it now? Let me just get it now. And so he said that the father divided unto them his livelihood. He gave his inheritance not only to the younger son but also to the older son. I think it's important to notice here that God doesn't play favorites. God doesn't play favorites. What he does for one, he'll do for another. What God does for one person, he's going to do for somebody else. We don't have to stand around and say, well, they're God's favorite, or they do this. I I saw someone um, saying this, that it's apparent that God has favorites. That's absolutely false. God does not have favorites. The scripture tells us that God is not a respecter of persons. God does not have favorites. What he does for one, he'll do for another. It's all about our perspective. It's all about our perspective. So he goes on. He gathers all of his stuff up and he journeys to a far country and there he wasted his possessions. His possessions. These were not his father's possessions anymore. These were his possessions, right? Because his father gave them To him. Now we're talking about our Father God. And once our Father God gives us something, it's ours, amen? He doesn't take it back. It's not His anymore. It's not His to decide. It's us, it's ours. When He gave us our healing, When he gave us, we have a choice of whether or not we're going to activate that or not. When he gave us provision in Christ, he said, it's yours now. Now, if you want to walk around like you're broke, then keep walking around like you're broke. But I've provided provision for you in Christ. Amen? Amen. Praise God. When I said that in my presence is fullness of joy, that means the joy is yours. You can decide what to do with it. And some of you are walking around like you don't have any joy and you don't know where it's at. And God's like, I gave it to you. It's yours for you to use. So use it. Praise God. It says that he went to a far country. How many of us... Pray and pray and pray and pray for God to open up a door of opportunity for us. And then he opens up a door of opportunity, and we turn around, and we forget about him, and we go to a faraway country, and we waste uh, our possessions. Amen? I almost said it wrong. And I thought it is not going to have the impact that I want it to have if I say that incorrectly. But we go to a faraway land, we run away from God. Maybe we don't even know, maybe we're like the lost sheep. Maybe we're like the coin. It was dropped and then I don't know what happened. I don't know how that coin got lost. The woman obviously valued the coin, right? She was willing to search for it. I don't know how the coin got lost. A lot of times we don't even know how we got lost. It's not like we woke up one day and we said, hey, I wanna get lost today. I don't know how the son arrived at this place. I don't know how he arrived at the place where living in the father's house wasn't good enough for him anymore and he was like, I just want to take my inheritance and I want to go away. I don't know. We're not privy to that information. But I'm here to say this, that there's a lot of times in our life where God opens up a door for us and we begin to receive the blessings of God. And then we lose sight of our purpose and why God has brought us to that place. We begin to lose sight of why his provision is on us. We begin to lose sight of why God raised us up. And we journey to a faraway country. And we begin to waste what God has given us. It said when he had spent it all, there was a severe fear. Famine in the land. Is that a water? Can I? Thank you. It said that when he spent it all, excuse me, there was a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. When we stray away from our purpose that God has given us, We don't just drop off a cliff and we have nothing all of a sudden. But when you stray away from your purpose, then your vision begins getting darker and darker and darker. When you stray away from your purpose, then your resources begin to run thinner and thinner and thinner. And eventually, all that that you had stored up of God in your life. That's why when you first walk away, then you don't even know, you don't even understand the ramifications. And then you find yourself out there and you're lost and you don't know where you're at and you don't know how to get back. And you are so far away from the vision that God has placed on you because you spin it all and it took a while, but then there arises a famine in your life, and you're starving, and you're hurting, and the enemy has you right where he wants you because you think, I can't even go back there. Why? I don't want to be a hypocrite at church. Right? Why do I even want to go there? Well, well, I, I, don't, I don't even know how they're going to look at me if I go back. I've been gone for so long. How many people are not in these chairs today because they just don't know how to come back? How many people are, they want to come back, they're out there and they're starving and there's a severe famine in their life and a severe famine in their family, but they don't even know how to come back. Why don't we go out and put them on our shoulders and carry them back home, amen? Praise God. It says that there was a severe famine and so what did he do? He went and he joined himself to someone from that country. He went and he joined himself. The Bible doesn't say he went and talked to someone. It doesn't say that he responded to a Help Wanted ad on social media. It says he went and he joined himself to them. Someone from that country someone from that country, when you join yourself to someone or to something that is not aligned with your purpose, that does not reflect the voice of your Father, then you'll find yourself working harder and harder but obtaining less and less and less. When you find yourself joined to someone that is from that country, you'll find that they don't do things the same way that they do things in your father's house. You'll find that the way of of the world is not as satisfying as you once thought. He doesn't go back to the father, he joins himself with someone of that country. And when he joined himself, what happened? He began to feed the swine in the fields. He was working hard, but he had an empty stomach. It didn't satisfy his thirst. It didn't satisfy his hunger. It said he wanted even to eat the pods that the swine were eating, and no one would even give him that. He wanted it. He was hungry. And then he said, what if I just go back? to my father's house, what if I just go back, the turning point was this, right here, look, he said he came to himself, he remembered who he really was, he came to himself, he remembered, you know what, Ah, uh, this isn't me, you know what, this isn't the way that my father's house was, Man, everything was so good. I know that I thought I had it bad. I know that I left because I got mad at somebody. I know that I left because they said something to me that I didn't really like. I know that I left because I thought I should get a phone call, and I didn't get a phone call, and that's why I left. But I'm far away from my purpose, and, man, I am starving out here. I am starving out here. He came to himself. He said, in my father's house, these are the things that happen. In my father's house, everything's great. In my father's house, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to say this, Father, I've sinned against you. Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. When I read that, man... The voice of God screamed so loud within me and he said, when did it ever become about being worthy? It wasn't about being worthy when you came to me to begin with. It wasn't about being worthy when you said, I'm a mess. Jesus, come save me. When did it become about being worthy? Today, it's still not about being worthy. It's about saying, God, I am not worthy. God, I need you. God, I need your touch. I need your love in my life. God, I am not good enough on my own. I need you. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you. Amen? Praise God. When did it become about being worthy? At some point, to him, it became, and I don't, if I'm not careful, I'm gonna preach my next week's sermon. But it's not about being worthy. It's about being a son and a daughter. So he goes on, and he goes back to the father. And this is where the story kind of begins to turn a little bit, and I think it's really interesting here. It begins to turn because we hear all about the son all through here and all about his struggles and how he got to that place and how when he's there that he, he spent all that he had and he was struggling and he decides that I'm just going to try and go back and I'm going to beg and plead that I'll be welcomed back because things have gotten so bad for me. But what was the father doing the whole time? What did the shepherd do? when he noticed that he had a sheep that was gone? He went looking for him. What did the woman do when she was counting her coins and she knew she had 10, but then she realized she just had nine? What did she do? She went and looked for it, right? What was the father doing the whole time that the son was gone? He was looking for him. He was looking for him. Now, he had gone to a far country, but the father was still looking for him. He said, when he was still a great way off, the father saw him and he had compassion. That word's compassion, it means to suffer together. He had compassion on him. They were suffering together. The son wasn't just out there and the father was like, good riddance, forget about it. I hope you enjoy that inheritance. You treated me like dirt. I hope that you enjoy it. No. It says that when he was still a great way off, the father saw him. He had compassion, and he ran to him, and he fell on his neck, and he kissed him. The father was so happy. He was celebrating the found. The father was celebrating the found. Now, I see this, that when the son came back, he was focused. He was like, I'm going to give this speech because I'm not worthy to be my father's son anymore. And so the father sees him. I want you to, to picture this in your head. The father sees him, and he takes off running towards him, and he runs, and he grabs him, and he picks him up, and he swings around, and the camera is, like, going all around, right, in the meadow, and the hills are alive with the sound of music. And all of those things, right? So the father is just ecstatic to see his son, and his son's like, whoa, 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 father. I can imagine him being almost like a rehearsed speech. The whole time when he was headed back, it was like a rehearsed speech. Father, I have sinned against you. I am no longer worthy, right? So the father picks him up. And the son, God, this is next week. The son... I can't even get past, the the son is in such a frame of mind that he doesn't even recognize what the father is doing. He is so focused, he is so focused on being unworthy that he doesn't even recognize the level of love that the father has for him. I'm telling you what, think about that this week. And you're going to be ready to preach the sermon for me next week. Because how many times do we go out there and we get so focused on other things and we've lost sight of the Father's love for us that even when we come back, we struggle because we cannot understand the Father's love for us. He was like, I'm going to get my speech in, Father. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. But the father said to his servants, he doesn't ever look at his son and acknowledge the fact that the son said, I'm not worthy. That was nonsense to him. He doesn't ever acknowledge, but he says, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Bring out a ring and put it on his hand. Bring sandals and put them on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Those are four things that the father said to his servant. He made a difference between this is my son, this is the servant. You see that? The son said, I want to come back and just be a servant. He's like, no, no, no. This is my son. This is the servant. So to the servant... Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring four things. I want you to bring the best robe. I want you to bring the ring. I want you to bring the sandals. And I want to bring the fatted calf. What the Father was doing here and what God is doing for us today is He's reminding us of four things in our life. God is reminding us of four things. Number one, God is saying, I want you to remember, even if you've strayed away, even if you've struggled, even if you've lost sight of my love in your life, I want you to remember these four things. And if you'll remember... These four things, then it's going to keep you on that road. It's going to keep you in line with what my best is for you, what your position is in my kingdom. These four things. Number one, he says, I want to bring the best robe. I want you to remember your style. You were not called to be like this. You were not called to be with the pigs. You were called to be raised up to a place of honor. This is what your style is. You're my child. This is what your style is. Number two, he said, this is what I want you to remember. I want to bring a ring and put it on your finger. I want you to remember your attitude. I want you to remember your attitude. I don't want you to have an attitude of beaten down and broken. I don't want you to have an attitude that everybody has abandoned me and nobody is even willing to give me a morsel of food that they would normally feed to the pigs. No, I want you to remember your attitude. I'm putting a ring of authority on your finger because you have been raised up in my authority. Amen? Praise God. The third thing he said I want you to remember is I want you to remember what your purpose is these feet were not meant to go and stray away these feet were not meant to be feeding pigs these feet were meant for purpose these feet are meant to carry the gospel of peace to the world amen that's what these feet are meant for I want you to remember your style. I want you to remember your attitude. I want you to remember your purpose. And the fourth thing, I want you to remember where your provision is from. He said, bring the fatted calf and kill it. I want you to remember that your provision comes from me. I want you to remember that your provision and everything that you need for your purpose, everything that you need, I don't want you to go another day where you're fighting for pig food. I want you to remember your provision. And then he said, and let us eat, and let us be merry, for my son was dead, and now he's alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. And what did they do? They began to party. (laughs) Hallelujah. They began to party. They were like, this is a time. Every time. This is a time for celebration. This is a time for part. This isn't a time that we just stand around and we're like, oh, so-and-so's back. I wonder how that was for them. I can't wait to hear the stories of all the mess that they got themselves into. Yeah, I bet it's great. You just come crawling back whenever things are terrible, right? That's not what they said. No, my son was lost, and now he's found, and the natural reaction to that is we throw a party for the found. Amen? <laughs> We throw a party. That one's empty. This one's stuck. One more time, we've got to use it all. We throw a party for the found. It's. We throw. That's it. That's it. We throw a party for the found. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why is it so important that you take one of these invite cards? because there's a lot of people that are lost that need to be found. Amen. I'm not talking about somebody else who's going and plugged into another church. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in taking anybody from another body of believers where maybe they're called to be. I'm not interested. No, but this is us. This is what we do. This is who we are. We're not trying to hide anything. We're not sugarcoating anything. This is who we are. And maybe Maybe you like a different style of church. Maybe you're focused on, on somewhere that does something different. Maybe, and, and again, several years ago, a couple years ago, three maybe, we began looking at some things that we weren't doing well. And it's not that they were bad, but we weren't doing them well. And we begin to ask God, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And he said, I want you to focus on what I've called you to do. That's when we begin to sit down and write what our seven core values are. That's when we begin to examine everything that we were doing and say, is this fulfilling our purpose? Is this fulfilling what God... Has called us to do. Because as long as we stay in our lane, we're gonna be successful. God has called us to be an outreach church, to be a a missions church. Now, I believe every church should have some level of missions, to have some level of outreach. But there's some churches that God has called, there's there's some places, I'm just gonna be just completely blunt. There's some places that have a a, a thriving women's ministry and men's ministry and singles ministry and, and all those things are amazing. I believe that God's called us to accomplish those things through home groups. If you want me to be just completely honest, are we doing that to its fullest potential yet? We are not. We are not. But that's what God has called us to do. Now, there's some places that do it differently and man, I am thankful for those places. God has called us to do it differently. There's some places that have conferences and and that, that are just phenomenal and they do an incredible job with them. I told you last week that there was something that that we were considering doing, and and I just realized God like put the brakes on it and because it just wasn't us, and it was, it was a conference. And we were just in the beginning stages of planning it, and, and it just, you ever do something that just doesn't feel right? Man, I am thankful. I've gotten a lot in my life out of conferences, and I'm not going to say that we're never going to do one. I'm not going to say that, because I don't know what God will lead to. But I can say this, that our purpose For us, for Word of Life Church, is not to put our resources into a lot of big conferences. That's not what God has called us to do. But we take a ton of mission trips out of this church. That's who we are. Since September, we've made a commitment to never let a month go without doing an outreach whether a global outreach a specific global outreach open to the whole church or, or a, uh, a local outreach because that's what God's called us to do not every church is supposed to broadcast online we are because that's what God's called us to do not every church is, su- is supposed to have the vision that we want to hit you every single day with something to encourage you. We aren't there yet, but that's the vision, you guys. That's where we're going with our app, with our website, with our online presence, with our social. That's where we're going is every single day. I want you to lay in bed and instead of scrolling through and having a bad attitude before you even get up because of all the crap you see on Facebook, I want you to look at your phone and I want you to be encouraged with the things of God when you open up your phone. That's what God's called us to. That's what we're working towards. We bought some equipment just recently because, uh, because we know that that's the vision and we've been trying to get more mobile. We now have a, a studio, a video production studio. And we haven't really pushed it yet. We're still learning how to use it. But we have a, a video production studio that's completely mobile. That we can, can shoot high quality video anywhere. Maybe you're not, I mean, I don't expect you to, like, jump up and down and run around the room, but, like, I'm telling you, like, that's super exciting for me. That's super exciting because it fits with the vision of what God has called us to do. This is us. We're going to be a people. We are going to be a church that seeks out the lost and a church that celebrates the found. We are going to be a church that is judgment-free. Now, has there ever been anyone who has come to this church that has felt judged? There have been. There have been. And I absolutely despise it. There have been people that have come here that have felt like, for one reason or another, I want to go out of my way to make sure that no one ever Feels judged. I want to go out of my way. I said last week that you can come to Word of Life Church and you don't even have to believe in God. I do. And that's what you're going to hear from, from this stage. But you will not be looked down upon if you say and in just a moment of honesty, you know what? I kind of struggle with that whole God thing. Okay? 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 I think if we were honest... Then many of us or all of us have struggled at one point in our life or another, or maybe you are right now. And you're struggling with whether or not this God thing is even real. Why do you come? Why are you still here? Because you feel accepted, because you feel comfortable. Because you can come in and I am not insecure and I don't have to cram anything down your throat. You know what? You're having trouble with the whole God thing. That's all right. Come on anyway and sit in the chair right here. We're going to have a good time together and you're going to eat some mozzarella sticks in our cafe and have a cup of coffee or whatever. And you're going to go home and I hope that when you go home that you have an open mind and you consider what you've heard. And if you have a question, call and ask. Ask. You're not going to look down on. You're not going to be, be made to feel any less because you have a question. I want you to find for yourself. I want, Here's my prayer for you. Paul prayed this, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened so they might know what is the height and the depth and the breadth of God's love that he has for them. That's my prayer for you. I want you to come into here and I want you to sit in these chairs and I want you to have an open mind. And I want God to begin to speak to your heart in a way that only He can. I want God to, to to quicken something to you and your spirit in a way that only he can, that it can't be through my words and it, it can be through a song that we sing, or I want him to, to make it so special to you that you cannot deny it in your life. I can't force that to happen. All I can do is open the doors and say, man, we love you. Man, we want you here. Man, we are excited that you are here today. Whether you're struggling or you're hurting or you're broken, we're happy that you're here. Open up your heart to receive from God today because I believe with all my heart, and the reason why I do this every single day, they say, why do you get up in the morning? The reason why I get up in the morning is because there are people who do not have a firm understanding that there is a God who is madly in love with them, and until every single person on the face of the earth knows that God is madly in love with them, then I will not stop, I will not shut up, I will continue to stand up here and to go to the corners of the earth And to sweep the ground and to search and to go to the awkward places and the dark places and the dirty places and tell them that there's a God that loves them. That is us. That's who we are. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your love and your goodness your acceptance God we thank you that you've chosen us we thank you that you looked for us you searched for us and you never stop searching you never stop looking I thank you that we get to be a part of this vision where we seek out the lost. God, that we're not afraid to go into the dark places. Some would say, some would say, man, when you do that, aren't you afraid of getting hurt? You want me to be completely honest? yes the absolute worst part of my job is the hurt the worst part of my job is when you give everything and you get nothing in return if you want me to be I'm not whining I'm not saying oh well well I don't want you to say, well, poor, poor Pastor Jason. We need to make sure and say thank you. No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Man, there have been time and time and time and time again
1: you just pour out
0: and you don't see the result but there's been time and time and time and time again where you just keep looking and searching and searching and searching Keep calling and you keep sending text messages and you keep. And then one day it clicks. One day it clicks. I've had instances. one time where he's hurting and broken and nobody knew and he texts me and he says hey man can you call me and I said yeah for sure so I call him and he says man my wife just left me I'm not in a good spot right now come talk to me. I need you to do something for me. I gotten that knock on the door in the middle of the night where someone that had been lost we had continued to reach out to, knocks on the door and says, I don't have anywhere to go. What do I do? (laughs) Because I can stand before you and I can say this, that I can't, I can't lead you into anything that I haven't done myself. so I can stand before you and I can say that as I began this study about three or four months ago in Luke chapter 15 that I recognized that I had not been doing everything that I could to seek and to rescue and sometimes I had had the attitude I've done enough they'll come when they're ready I'm just here to tell you that that doesn't cut it we don't see that in these three passages in these three stories we don't see where the shepherd went out and he looked for a while and then when they stopped returning texts and they stopped answering the phone and they started looking the other way when they're in Albertsons that the shepherd said, well, I'll be here when they want to come back. No. Said the shepherd looked until he found them. Guys, I would dare say this, that we're not doing everything we can do. We're not doing everything we can do to seek out our friends and our family who are hurting and maybe don't know how to come back. We're not doing everything we can do. So God has spoken to me very clearly and he said, I want you to step it up. And since then, I have began stepping it up. Am I afraid of being hurt? Sure. Sure. Am I afraid of being rejected? Yes. Just being honest. But I know this, that God is madly in love with them. I know this, that the Holy Spirit on the inside of me searches their heart. And I know that if I'm led by the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit will lead me to the right words to say. The Holy Spirit will lead me to the thing that needs to happen because He wants them to come back more than anything else. So is it a little scary? Sure. It is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to lie to you. But as we sang, you've called me out to wilder waters. But I'm not afraid because I'm going with you. I'm going to step out because I'm going with you. If you're here today or you're watching us online, I just want to say this. There's at least one person watching today. You've stepped away. You don't know how to come back. I don't know who you are, but God's speaking to me today to tell you that the door is open and we want you to come back. You are welcome promise you I make a promise that I will never ask you why did you go away what happened I'll never ask you that question and I'm going to urge and I'm telling everybody in here that can hear me and anybody watching online that can hear me you do the same I can't control what they do I can only control what I do but I'm going to ask everyone to do the same because I believe that these chairs are going to fill up with people that have gone away for one reason or another. And I don't want you to ask anyone, not one person, I don't want you to ask anyone why they went away. We don't see that in these scriptures. So I make a promise to you that I will never ask And you heard me tell everyone else that I don't want them to either. But I can promise you this, that when you come back, that you will be loved, you will be accepted. Amen? Praise God. Church, will you do that with me? Will you commit to that with me? So if you're here today, whether you're watching online or you're here in the room if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior I want to ask you to do that today because today is a day of salvation all we're saying is Jesus I need your help Jesus I can't do it by myself I believe that you died on the cross because I needed it I believe that you rose again because I needed it and I ask you to come into my life to save me I need your help if that's you you've never said that before you've never invited Jesus in and you want to today then I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me and I'm going to invite all of us to say it together whether you're watching online or you're in the room we're praying together today as a big family as a family of God I want you to say this after me say Jesus I believe that you're God's son I believe that you died for me And I believe that you rose again. And today I ask you to come into my life to transform me because I need your help. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time and now you are a child of God, I want you to tell us about it. If you're here in this room, just write it on your card. Like there's a, a, a box at the bottom of the card that says, today I chose Jesus. If that's you, just check it on your card. You can just leave it in the seat if you want to. You don't have to even come up and, and you're like, well, I don't really want to make eye contact. I've been to churches where they take you in this little room and they talk to you forever. That's not us. Leave it on the card. Just leave it right there. We just want to get, some stuff in your hands that's going to help you, we'll email you, alright, we'll text you some way that's very easy. If you're watching online, go to our website wolcarlsbad.com and there's a video there on the front page that says, I choose Jesus. It's gonna help you on your walk with God. There's a follow-up video to let you know what's gonna happen now that you've chosen Jesus and how you get started on your walk with God. We have three things that we like to tell you. Number one, we wanna tell you to read your Bible and pray. That's how you get to know Jesus. Number two, we wanna tell you that you need to get involved in community. You need to get involved in a local church. And number three, we want to tell you to live Jesus every single day of your life. Let other people know about it. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And then we have an ebook that you can download called I Choose Jesus. So do that. Last thing I want to do today is I want to pray for those people who maybe have strayed away. See, we're going to spend just a second here looking for the one. And we're going to look with our eyes of prayer today. So you pray, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to take just a minute, and we're going to search and pray for the one. All right? If you have somebody in mind, pray for them. Pray for God to lead you. Father God, I thank you that you're leading us and you're guiding us on this rescue mission where we go and we seek out the one. So God, I ask that you open doors of opportunity for us, soften their hearts where they become hardened. God, I thank you that you are the one that is madly in love with us and we get to share that love with the people that we see. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God's so good, right? Hallelujah, praise God. What's funny is, when God calls us to something and we go out, we begin to wade out to where maybe we're not as comfortable, sometimes something happens and we get pulled under we're terrified. We don't even have sunglasses anymore, when all we need to do is understand that if I just stand up, God's got me. Amen? If I just stand up. If I just stand, let's let's say it this way, if I just stand on his promises, then I'm on solid ground. He's called us to something right here, Word of Life Church, Carlsbad, New Mexico, he's called us to do something special. We're going to start talking about that a little bit today only going to scratch the surface because he's called us to bigger and to better to move forward sing that bridge part one more time keep going just say you're good Wilder waters,
1: you call me out to wilder, wilder. wilder. waters. I will not be
0: moved, and I will not
1: be moved. I will not be moved. for you're my strength and my defender. You are my strength and my defender. Not afraid.
0: elevate you above our fears. We open up our hearts to receive your plan. We give you honor and glory today. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. You guys can have a seat. He's so good to us, right? Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I am very excited. The first thing I want to do is I want to dismiss our uh, bridge class today, our 4th, 5th, and 6th graders. You guys have a good time in class today. I'm excited to bring this message to you guys. Um, we've been talking about it in youth service a little bit, and uh, but I, I, I'm really excited. We're going to continue on this theme of... Of this is us that Pastor Daniel started at the beginning of the year and, and normally we'll say you know a, a message is, is four weeks or a message is we're going to continue this for two weeks or six weeks or whatever it may be and, and this one when we were, were planning it we said you know in, in this message we just want to take our time because I think it's important to lay a foundation of who we are it's important to lay a foundation of this is, is us as a church, and it's not me, and it's not Pastor Daniel. This is us. So I want you guys to say that. Say, this is us. We have to have an us mentality. As long as we have a you guys mentality, then we'll never go where God wants us to go. We'll never even scratch the surface of what God has for us as long as we have a this is you mentality. But this is us. This is word of life. This is who we are. This is who God has ordained us to be. I'm not saying this is the church down the street or the church across town. You know, there's been some things, and I'm not going to say what they are because I don't want you to take them in a wrong way, but there's been some things that over the the course of time that, and I would say even like the last two or three years, that I felt like, man, maybe I want to do this or maybe we should do this as a church. And it's not that they're bad things. They're good things, but they're not us. And if they're not us, we need to not do them. Now, other churches may do them, and maybe it's them. And that's wonderful that it's them. And I'm excited that it's them. And it's something that's needed, but it's not us. Some people would say, well, how come you don't do this? Or how come you don't do that? Well, maybe we don't do that because it's not us. It can be somebody else. And that's wonderful. I'll also say this, that even though I would love to have every single person in Carlsbad at this church, at Word of Life Church, I'll say with confidence that not every person is called to be here. Because there may be something. We have a lot of wonderful churches in Carlsbad. Wonderful, wonderful churches in Carlsbad. We have a lot of men and women that are called of God to be them. And we have a lot of places where there are a lot of people that are called to go and to be there because that is them. Well, I believe that you're here because you're called to be here because this is us. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I had a friend. I have a friend. His name's Darren Tyler. He pastors a church in Nashville. And one time we had him come and speak, which, by the way, we need to have him come and speak again. Um, he, he's just off the charts. But we had him come and speak one time. And uh, we were going to, obviously, we were going to pay for his, his plane ticket and his hotel room and things like that. And he said, no, I, I have money to set aside to do that. And we said, no, you don't have to pay for your own stuff. If you're coming here, let us do it. And he goes, no, all the money goes to the same place anyway. He said, if you're lifting up the kingdom of God and I'm lifting up the kingdom of God, all the money goes to the same place anyway. It's all God's money. Why? Because we're all on the same team. And so I'm not trying to compete with the church that's down there or down there or over there or across town or wherever. I don't need to do that. This is us. I just need to be what God's called us to be. Amen? Praise God. We just need to be what God's called us to be. And if we'll be what God's called us to be, then he takes care of everything else. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You guys are going to have to get a little more excited today, but I'm going to be excited, maybe excited enough for all of us. I'm probably going to yell a little bit. I'm probably going to spit. I just spit right now. I'm probably going to spit a little bit. It's like my mouth knew that I was getting ready to say that. Because we got to get excited today. This is going to be a good day. Amen. It's already been. If we went home right now, it's been a good day, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's about to get a whole lot better. Luke chapter 15 is where we're going to start. And before I do this, actually, um, I, I'm looking across. Um, where is uh, where's Sherry Barnes? Is she out there? Yeah. All right. We'll get her in here. Get her in here. I also want to welcome everybody who's watching us online. Tens of, oh, there she is right there. She's right there. I want to welcome tens of thousands of people that are watching us online around the world in 100 countries. Thank you so much for watching us today and for joining with us. You're our online family. So thank you for joining us today. Let's uh, give a round of applause for our extended family around the world. So I need Sherry to come up here for a minute. Um, You know, there are some things that there are some things that happen in life that, um, that just make you need to stop and reflect, all right? And you know what I mean, right? Something happens in life and you need to just pause, you need to reflect on something. So yesterday, um, and how many of you uh, have ever, how many of you remembered birthdays before Facebook? A couple of you. Not very many. You remember a whole lot more now on Facebook. So I'm scrolling, just to be completely honest, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I see that it's Sherry's birthday. And so I stop and reflect on my friend Sherry. Because I've known Sherry since I was, what is it, knee-high to a grasshopper? And uh, I'm not saying that, that she's old, but she's older than me. Is that fair? All right. So, um... Anyway, I was reflecting on Sherry and how much that she means to me and how much not only that she means to me, but my family, this church. You guys have no idea what Sherry does on a weekly basis for Word of Life Church. I mean, above like crazy, above and beyond what she would even be called to do or even a lot of times asked to do she just picks up the slack and does things when we do things like Christmas decorations and stuff like that she is here hours and hours and hours she's the one that if I call and we need something last minute it's Sherry and she picks up the slack and she does stuff this woman is amazing and she is a major reason why we are here today and have a growing church in Carlsbad, New Mexico and that's not an exaggeration She's been, how long have you been coming to church here? 20 plus years. At least 24. 24, 25 years. Long time. Long time. And so, Sherry, I have no idea how old you are. I don't want you to say. I don't want to know. And I don't know if it's a milestone birthday or it's not, but it's a birthday, and to me, it's a milestone. And so, Sherry, we wanted to bless you today. And say happy birthday. Everybody say happy birthday to Cher. There you go. Thank you, ma'am. Me cry. Thank you. It was hard for me not to cry when I was talking. Amen. Praise God. Isn't it good to celebrate each other? Amen. It might be yours next. Amen. Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15 um, Jesus tells us three stories And these stories are What the kingdom of heaven is like now, These are stories that They're not factual accounts These are things that, that Jesus that They're illustrations that Jesus wrote That, that Jesus made up That Jesus um, was using to show us what the Father is like. And I think that if this is something that the Father is like, that we need to be the same way. Do you guys agree? Do you agree that if God is like this, then I need to be like this? We could also say we would do well if our church was like this. If God is like this. So Luke chapter 15, and let's start in verse 1. And I have it up here. It says, now all... The tax collectors and sinners came to listen to Jesus. That's a very interesting way to start this. All the tax collectors and sinners. Say all. All the tax collectors, all the sinners came and listened to Jesus. So important there because we can see that Jesus did not discriminate against people that maybe didn't do the right thing all the time, right? All the tax collectors, all the sinners, they came and they listened to Jesus. It says, but the Pharisees and the scribes complained. You had, do you know anybody who just complains a lot? It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what's going on. They're just going to complain. Well, in the church... We see a lot of times that if people come in that maybe don't do the right thing, or they're not saying the right thing, or they don't look a certain way, that we have people that are Pharisees and scribes that are complaining. Well, we can't really let them in. Well, we can't really do this. Well, they don't play the part. Just to set the tone for today, I just want you to know that I would rather have a church full of people that cuss a little than a church full of people that put on their church clothes and their church face every Sunday. Amen? Praise God. He says, all the tax collectors, all the sinners, they came, but the Pharisees and the scribes, they complained. They said, well, this man welcomes sinners. Not only does he welcome sinners, but he eats with them. He eats with them. Man, this guy, he hangs out with them. He invites them over to dinner. He does stuff beyond just, well, I see you, but I'm going to keep my distance because I don't want it to rub off. I'm here to tell you that it's already on you, and we're all in the same boat, and we're all breaking free because we're all in the process of being saved. Amen? Amen? Praise God. We're all in the process of being saved. You're not any different than I am, and I'm not any different than you are. We're all striving to be like Jesus every single day. And so as we come together, I don't need to try and be fake with you. I don't need to try to be, to be something that I'm not. I'm just gonna come together. I'm real. I'm here. I'm a fallen person who has been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, who has been raised up and who is being transformed into the image of God. Amen? I'm being transformed. You're being transformed so you know what there was a criticism a while back of a well-known pastor who had somebody who had a, a few people I guess who were of the Muslim faith that had come and had sit in his church and they said well why would you invite them in and he said why would I not invite them in why would I not invite them in I've adopted this philosophy that you can come here and you don't even have to believe in God to belong here you can come here you don't even have to believe in God I want you to know that I do that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe that he is the only true way to heaven. I believe that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. I believe that no one can come to God except through Jesus. But I also want you to know that if you struggle with that in your life, come here because you can find acceptance, you can find hope, you can find friendship, you can find healing, and we're going to work together as we strive to figure this thing out called life. Amen? And I believe that as you do, I'm not insecure. I don't have to cram it down your throat, but I believe that as you come and as we have dialogue with each other, did you know that in the United States of America, we can still have dialogue with each other where we disagree and respect each other? Did you know that? I commented on. I don't comment very often on, on people's Facebook posts, especially where they're kind of being ugly. But I commented on one the other day, and it's somebody that I know, um, I, I knew in high school really well. I don't know them well in their adult life, and they don't know me well in their adult life. But they were complaining about uh, a certain political stance that was going on at the state level, and, uh, and I commented. And I, I didn't call them out. I, I want you to know that I disagree with what their stance was, okay? But I did not call them out for that. And I did not even just state my opinion. But I sat in there where we found some common ground. And then she responded on that post and she said, Jason, to be honest, when I saw that you had commented, I was scared. She said, because I know where you stand. She said, but I have to say, that I wholeheartedly agree and the gist of my comment was that we can find respect among each other and we can find common ground among each other and that opens up dialogue where we can talk as human beings and we can grow together amen Amen. praise God I think that's what God would want us to do hallelujah this man he welcomes sinners And he eats with them. And he has dialogue with them. I can't believe that. What's he doing over there? I say, come one, come all. Let's all grow together. Amen? So he goes on. Jesus uses this illustration. Suppose a man has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Say one. Say it again. One. You got to say it like you mean it. It's going to be a long day, all right? Suppose a man has 100 sheep and he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 sheep grazing in the pasture and look for the lost sheep until he finds it? See, isn't that just the, the normal thing to do? Isn't that what you should do? Isn't that the common thing? Well, doesn't he do that? Doesn't he leave the 99 and go and find the one? Anybody play golf? Where's your hand? you play golf? See, I think, I I know we've got some people, I see Carlos back there, I know we've got some people that play disc golf. Disc golf is a little bit different in my illustration, all right, because a golf ball is like a a dollar. It's like, it costs like a dollar. Like a disc is like 15, 16 bucks for a cheap one, like 22, 28 bucks for for a good one, right? Right, something like that. So I play golf, And uh, I'd like to start out by saying I have a hole-in-one to my name. And Blaine was there. So I have a witness. That's right. But I would not call myself a good golfer, right? As some of you know, I I represent... uh, I represent the, you on the city council, and we were voting on the golf contract the other day, and I went up to um, the prospective contractor, and I walked up to him, and I said, man, I, I, I'll vote for you if you can promise that you can straighten out my swing, if you can fix my slice. He goes, you know what? Why don't you just go ahead and vote, and then set aside like a good like month block where you can come, and we'll see what we can do. I wouldn't call myself a good golfer, but I golf. So when I'm out there golfing, and I play with a a, a few people, and I I wouldn't even say regularly, but but I think about Albert Ornelas, Andrea's husband, and he's not here today, I think he's working today, but um, uh, him and I go and play golf sometimes. If I hit a ball and it doesn't go straight, and it's like in the bushes or something, to me, that's a lost ball. I got another 20 in my bag. I'm just going to drop it, and I'm not going to take a stroke. And I'm going to take another ball out of my bag, and I'm going to hit that one. I'm not looking for the other ball. Albert, he can hit it in the river, and that guy's got scuba gear on, like diving. He's like, I am getting that ball back. I remember the first time we played disc golf, Carlos, the first time ever that we played disc golf, it was in Lubbock, and uh, Albert, like his second throw, he throws it in the lake, we had just bought our disc like 10 minutes before, he throws it in the lake, he's out there pulling his pant leg up, he's all, I found the disc, he's like, throw it from there, brother, play it where it lies, I'm not going after the ball. If I have to walk too far, I'm not going after the ball. It's ridiculous, isn't it? This guy, it's common. Doesn't he leave the 99 sheep grazing in the pasture and go out and look for the one until he finds it? When he finds it, he's happy. And he puts that sheep on his shoulders and then he goes home. And he calls his friends and his neighbors together, and he says to them, let's celebrate. I found my lost sheep. I can guarantee that there will be more happiness in heaven over one person. Again, say one. Over what? Good. That was really good. You just didn't want me to make you do it again. You're like, hey, hey, if we yell, he'll shut up over one person who turns to God and changes the way he thinks and acts than over the 99 people who have already turned to God and already have his approval. So let's break this down a little bit. I think it's important that, first of all, Jesus, and we talked about this, he accepted people that didn't look the part, They didn't play church, He says that a man, he has a hundred sheep and he lost one. It's just common that he goes after and he looks for the one. See, the shepherd, he went after the one. And some people, just like they resented Jesus for accepting the sinners, some people resent the shepherd for going after the one because he left the 99. You're like, man, well, you've got all these people here and you're going to spend all your time going after the one. Some people resent the shepherd. In the Bible, when we see the word shepherd, we can equate it to a pastor. A shepherd is a pastor, an overseer of the flock. So if we take that definition, we can say this, that the shepherd or the pastor, it's common for the shepherd to go and search after the one who has strayed away. But it's important here because the 99 were still grazing in the pasture. They were still being fed. Some resent the search because they're not getting attention. Some resent the search for their hurting brother and sister because it was their own dang fault they went away. They didn't have to go. They're off doing God knows what. But it says that he left the 99 grazing in the pasture. Some resent the church because, or resent the search because they aren't getting the attention, but the mature support the search. The mature support the, church, the, the search. When we talk about being a mature church, and it's kind of been a buzzword that, that someone say, Well, I don't, I don't want to be a mature church because we want to accept everybody. I'm going to tell you this. I want to be a mature church because I want to have a church that supports the search for the one the only way that that can happen is that we have people that have bought into the vision that take care of this the grazing in the pasture because my job is twofold it's to go after the one and it's to feed the flock that's here and so I need to make sure that you're fed so that I can go after the one see this shepherd he had it all the 99 were okay because they were feeding in the pasture and so we went and he we searched for the one. As the church, we've often missed the point. It takes you to buy into the vision so that we can have a rescue mission and seek and save that which is lost. I think it's interesting that the shepherd searched until he found the sheep. He searched until he finds it. And then it says when he finds it, he's happy. He's not willing to give up to the search. He's not willing to give up. He just keeps looking and looking and looking and looking until he finds it. And then it says that he puts it's kind of here in the crack, but he puts the sheep, that's what that word is, sheep on his shoulders, and he carries him home. When the shepherd goes out and he finds that lost sheep, he throws the sheep. He doesn't say, "All right, well, you're going to have to walk yourself." You got legs? Are they broken or what? No, he sees the sheep that's wounded. and he picks up the sheep and he throws him on his shoulders, and he carries him home. I've told a lot of people that me, as pastor, I believe that one of the things that God has given us in our calling is that we're good at fighting. And I'll fight for you. And I'm ready to fight for you. I'm ready to defend you. Pastor talked about it a few weeks ago. I'm ready for for a fight if necessary. I'm ready to carry you if necessary. But whatever it takes, we got to get you home. Whatever it takes, we got to get you here. And I can guarantee you this. That this shepherd knew because he had 99 that were not just sitting around starving, but they were grazing in the pasture. They were ready for that sheep to come home. When the shepherd came in and he had that sheep on his shoulders and he carried him home and he let him down, that he knew that he was going to be surrounded by the 99 who had been feeding and were ready to welcome home their lost sheep. Amen? Praise God. We've got to be ready to welcome home our lost sheep. The shepherd carried the wounded sheep to a safe place where the 99 were already well fed and well nurtured. And then what did he do? He called his friends and his neighbors. And he said, Let's celebrate because I found my lost sheep. Let's celebrate. Let's throw a party because we have found our lost sheep. It's important that the shepherd led the celebration of the found. The shepherd led the celebration of the found. Second story. You're going to see a lot of parallel here. Verse 8. Second story it says, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I've found the peace which I lost. And likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one, say one, one one sinner who repents. Again, it's commonplace. This is just what you should do. There's one woman who has 10 silver coins and she lost one well naturally what does she do? she searches everywhere to find it we look at history here and it's reasonable to assume that these coins well maybe you think oh my gosh well these are probably like the most valuable coins on earth right? if she's doing all this this is like the, 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 the biggest find in history and if she lost one she's going to tear everything up to find it I want to put it in perspective just a little bit. It's not that it's unimportant, but this silver coin is about a day's wage. About a day's wage. So she had saved about two weeks worth of paychecks, and she lost one day worth. Now, I don't know how much you make. I'm not going to ask you. Some will make less than this. Some will make more than this, but I just got a statistic last week that the average income, and this may surprise you, but the average income in Carlsbad, New Mexico is $65,000 a year. That's the average income in Carlsbad, New Mexico. So, if we take the average income and you break it down before taxes, this is about $250 that she lost. About $250. It's not insignificant. If you wanted to give me 250 bucks right now, I'd take it, right? None of us would say no. I'd even go to your house to pick it up. I'd buy some Girl Scout cookies. The other day, I bought some Girl Scout cookies. I needed some bad. I need, Anybody ever need Girl Scout cookies? God, I needed them. And I was like, somebody deliver them to my house, and I'll make it worth your while. I bought, I'm ashamed. I bought $75 worth of Girl Scout cookies. They're almost all gone, too, y'all. I, I, let me just say this, and if you're a Girl Scout, I don't mean to offend you, but Girl Scout cookies are a well-devised plan to ruin your New Year's resolution. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Because what happens on January 1? Man, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat right. No more Cokes for me. No more co- I'm going to the gym every single day. It's going to be awesome. What do you do? Like two weeks? Girl Scout cookies. Maybe I won't go to the gym. Maybe I'll eat a box of thin mints. I'll be lifting weights. I'll be lifting a thin mint, lifting a thin mint, lifting a lemonade, right? It's terrible. One woman having 10 silver coins worth about 250 bucks each does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. Again, it's not insignificant but I'm sure that she looked and looked and looked and looked, and it probably took her, she probably had to take a day off of work to do that. And if she did that, then she could have just earned the 250 bucks again. But she searched carefully. Matthew 5, 14, it says this, that you are the light of the world. I want you to notice that the first one, it said a shepherd. The second one, it says a woman. The first story was a shepherd. This was the pastor of the church. This is the leader. This is the spiritual guide. But this one is just an ordinary woman who had an ordinary job and an ordinary house. And what was her responsibility when one went missing? It was the same thing. It was the same response. See, the shepherd, he left the 99 to go after the one. The woman, she searched with everything that she had until she found it. I would submit this, that it's not just my job to search. It's your job to search. How important is it to you? How important is your brother and your sister to you? Do we search? Do we give everything and go and find that coin? How valuable are they to you? Ah, It's just a golf ball. It's not that big a deal. How valuable are they to you? Are they worth it? It was to this woman. See, if we are the light of the world, then it was her job to grab the light and to go and to look, to shine in those dark places. And when it says that she swept the house, oh, this is important, you guys, because I know what it's like to sweep my house. I don't have carpet in my house. I have concrete floors and wood floors in my house. And so to sweep the house is a chore, to sweep the whole house, but not like this, Because in these days, to sweep the house, they mostly had dirt floors, and if it wasn't a dirt floor, it was a cobblestone floor that was crooked and rocky and rough, and there were nooks and crannies in it. What did she do? She grabbed her lamp, she got on her hands and knees, and she swept and she found all the little cracks in the floor and she didn't stop, it's one little coin that has fallen somewhere in the house down inside a little crack where it was dark and hard to get to, it was damp, sometimes it was gross, there might be bugs in there, I don't know. I bet it had been a long time she'd see it clean that good. It was like behind the refrigerator bad. I know that your refrigerator's clean behind it but mine's not. It was like when you're looking for the remote underneath the couch and you're like, oh my God, I haven't had Cheetos in like four months. See, we were made for the search, not just the shepherd. You were made for the search. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. I was looking this up last night. Where it says all, I, every now and then, you know, you'll read scripture and just one word just jumps off the page. Well, this time it was the word all for me. I was like all, what? why does that mean anything? All, yeah, all, everything, yeah, good. Go into all the world. The word all is a compound Greek word. Now, I don't speak Greek, my iPad speaks Greek very well, I looked it up this word isn't necessarily going to mean anything to you and I normally wouldn't even say it because I'm going to say it wrong I guarantee it but here I want to say this is the Greek word I'm going to call it hapas it's H-A-P-A-S hapas, hapas, I don't know it doesn't matter it's a compound word the word H-A is one word and then P-A-S is another word so the word H-A-HA It means the same or everything the same and then pas means every single one so when he says go into all the world he's saying I want you to go to every single part of the world and I want you to treat it all the same every part of the world the same every nook every cranny, every crack down deep where it's damp, where it's dirty and there might be spiders and there might be creepy things and there might be stuff that makes us uncomfortable but I want you to go to every single part of the world and treat it the same and preach the good news. Amen? Go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. That word every creature Is the word pass? Every single one. I want you to go to every single part of the world and leave nothing behind. I want you to take your lamp just like the woman did. I want you to be on your hands and knees and leave no crack, unexplored, nothing untouched, unfocused. I want you to make sure that you cover every single square inch and you treat them all the same. And while you're there, I want you to bring that good news to every single individual person because the one is important. Amen? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All the same. Every spot was important. That's what this woman did. Remember, that's not talking to me. That's you. That's your buy-in. This is not the shepherd. This is the woman. The next thing, just like the shepherd She searched carefully until she found it. She didn't give up. She didn't say, it's too far lost, it's too far gone. And then it says, the woman called everyone, her friends and her neighbors together, saying, rejoice with me because I found the peace which I had lost. She called her friends and her neighbors. I think that's interesting. Because her friends are presumably people that she liked, right? But her neighbors, they were just people that were close. She called her friends. She had a text group going on, right? She was like, hey, come over to the house. Why? Uh, I found a coin. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. Right? Right? She called her friends and her neighbor, everybody that was just close. She's like, hey, if you can hear me, come over to my house. Shut up. I'm trying to listen to the TV. No, I mean it. Come over to the house. Why do not we have to come over? Because I found my coin. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't even think of a name. I'm trying to think. What, what should we call the woman? Oh, that's right. It was Penny. I talked about this in youth service, and they decided that her name was Penny because she lost a coin. That's punny. So we've got Penny here, and they're like, I think Penny lost more than her coin. I think she lost her marbles. She walks outside. Hey, everybody come over because, ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to announce that I found my coin everybody needs to come over and we are going to throw the party of the century. I want to ask you something. Have you ever had people over at your house? Like for whatever reason, to watch a football game, for a kid's birthday party. That stuff costs a lot of money, right? You have people over, you're all, no, 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 I got it. I'm going to take care of it all. What do we need to bring? Just whatever. It's cool. Just bring whatever. I got it. I got it taken care of. Remember, this whole coin was only worth 250 bucks. I think it's awesome that this woman called everybody to celebrate the found, and she did not worry about how much the celebration cost, because to her, the coin was more valuable than the dollar amount that was attached to it. That coin was more valuable. See, God sees us as more valuable than what our actions have attached to us, or what society has attached to us. God sees us more valuable than that, and he spares no expense in celebrating the found. Amen. Praise God. Spares no expense in celebrating the found. Now there's a lot of talk in the Bible about evangelism and there should be. We are a missions church. We're saying this is us. We are a missions church. Pastor Daniel is on an airplane to the Philippines right now. In March, I'll be going to Guatemala. We're going to do um, pastors going back to the Philippines in May. We do lots of things to reach out to the world. We broadcast around the world every single week. And even though we're blessed, it costs. Do we see a return on that investment? No. No, we don't see a dollar amount return but we're there to celebrate. But I'm here to say this, that even though there's a lot of talk about evangelism and we need to do that and the number one goal needs to be winning people to Jesus, these stories are not talking about winning people to Jesus. These stories are about seeking out those that have been in the church, those that have been in the fold that for whatever reason have strayed. that we go out and we search for those that are lost. It's talking about those that have been a follower of Christ, but they've lost their focus for whatever reason. It's our job to seek them out, to bring them back home, and to celebrate their arrival. Now, one thing you won't see in the third story is about the prodigal son, and I'm not going to go into it today. You're like, oh, my gosh, you still got more. I'm not going to go into it today but the third story is the prodigal son and one common theme we see here is it never says why the sheep strayed I mean the coin could have just been dropped or whatever but and we see that the son left we don't see why he wanted to to me It's not important why a person left. To me, it's important that they're found. It's not important why a person left. I don't know what you've got going on in your life. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know. But it's not important to me. If you'd like to talk about something, my door's open, and we can talk at any time, but I'll never ask you because that's not my business unless you want it to be. I just want you to be found. And when you're found, I want to celebrate the found. When you're found, I want to celebrate. And if I find you, I want to put you on my shoulders, and I want to carry you back home. And I don't want to give up. We're called to reach out, to let everyone know that God is madly in love with them. So before we close today, I want to make an announcement um, we've been doing since September we've been doing an outreach every month now some of the outreaches I would say are more like sexy than others and so you're like all on board with some and some you're like eh, maybe not so much this is us guys this is who we are We are a church that reaches out to the lost, whether they don't know Christ or they've strayed away for whatever reason. We are a church that wants everyone to know that God is madly in love with them. Our number one core value is we'll do things that some people think are insane to show that God is madly in love with you. That's why we do things like Mad Love Week. And I'm here to tell you, I want Mad Love Week coming up this summer to be far bigger than it ever has before because you need to grab a hold of the vision. It's not just my job, it was also the woman who went out. It's not just my job, it's your job too. We all have to do it. We all need to do it. We will not succeed unless we all do it. And so I'm really happy to announce our March outreach let's go ahead and bring up that graphic I got this idea from a a friend of ours in a, a church that's a friend of ours it should be right there it's the Mondays thing is what it says it's on the other computer I could see your eyes and I was like your eyes are in the wrong spot I would just tell you the details, but I don't remember. I have to read them. But maybe I can remember. Um, So we're going to do, in March, super excited, that we're going to do an outreach called A Case of the Mondays. Anybody ever have a case of the Mondays where just Mondays are draining? There it is. So... March 18th, we're going to do a case of the Mondays. Why? Because God's madly in love with you, even on Monday. And so 40 bucks buys a case, which is a case of the Mondays. And what it's going to include is it's going to include a $20 bill. It's going to include a card from us. It's going to include um, a, a um, pizza certificate from Papa Murphy's Pizza. It's going to include a five-hour energy, some candy, some gum. $20 buys a case. I mean, $40 buys a case if you want to designate it on your giving. And uh, can you set that up real fast because I forgot to do that this morning? But if you'll just designate Mondays and you can buy a case, here's what I want to do. It's going to be on the 18th. I want to give away 25 cases of the Mondays. And who do we give them to? Whoever you want to, whoever you want to. I want you to take a case. We're gonna give them out on Sunday. You're gonna take the case, and you're just gonna give it to somebody to bless them on Monday, to make their Monday a little better. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And we're all gonna jump in on this. So the total cost is gonna be if I, I I can't do math. Somebody do that math for me. Twenty five times forty. I had it written down and then I I left it somewhere. A thousand bucks? $2,000, 25 times 40? Are you right? That's not right. It's 1,000. Yeah, I was like, I don't think it's that high. Yeah, so we need about $1,000 to give away 40, uh, 25, my gosh, numbers. Ryan, where are you with numbers? I need you with numbers because numbers are not, you find comfort in numbers. I get scared when I see, now I'm terrified, like cold sweats. My teeth start chattering. I get in the fetal position. I'm like, addition is so hard. buys a case of the Mondays. We want to give away 25 of those, and we're just going to give them to you to go out and to bless other people, whether it be a random person filling up their gas tank at Brewer or or whatever it may be. I don't know. I want you to be led by God to give that away, okay? And if we bring in more money than, than 25, 25 is my goal. If we bring in more, we're not going to do less than that. If we bring in more, we'll do more, all right? We're going to flood Carlsbad with a case on the Monday. Sound good? Why? Because God madly loves you. Amen? Praise God. Even on Monday, he loves you. I'm excited about this one. It's going to be cool, guys. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your goodness and your love that you have for us. God, I thank you that you have chosen us. You've picked us for your plan and your purpose. God, I thank you that you love us too much to just leave us alone. You love us too much to leave us struggling. But you've made a way for us give you praise in Jesus name with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed today whether you're watching online or you're here in this room I want you to know that there's a God who was so madly in love with you that he gave his only son for you to make a way for you to reach him the scripture tells us that every one of us have sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory, every single one of us. The Bible says that the consequences of that sin, it leads us to eternal death. There's a void between us and God, but that scripture goes on to say that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ. If you've never received that gift and you want to today, I want to invite you just to say this prayer with me and I wanna invite everyone in here to say it with us as a show of support to those who haven't because we're all family. Whether you're on the other side of the world or you're right in front of me, we're joining together as family today. So just say this after me, say Jesus, I believe that you're God's son, I believe that you died for me and I believe that you rose again And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time any minute, the Bible says you're a child of God. I'd like you to do something for me. If you're here in the auditorium with me and you said that for the first time on the card that's in the seat in front of you it says I chose Jesus today it's at the bottom I made a decision to follow Christ check that and just hand it to us when we leave or you can even just leave it in your seat and that's just fine we don't want to call you up or anything like that that's, it's between you and God but we'd like to know how to help you and then if if you're watching online go online and tell us that I chose Jesus, drop us a line. You can click contact, whether it's on our app or on our webpage or send us a a message on social media or whatever it may be. And then on our website, which is WOL Carlsbad, if you'll scroll down, you see on there a book that Pastor Daniel has written called I Choose Jesus. That's a free download. You can download that book today and it's gonna help you has occurred to me and God spoke to my heart so clearly there's a lot of times where I'll say well I I'm trying not to be overbearing and I don't really want to bug and but but the scriptural precedent here is that the shepherd and the woman once they noticed that the sheep and the coin were gone they immediately started looking and they looked and searched until they found it and so what I want us to do is I want us to have a twofold prayer right now, every one of us individually. That one person that comes to our mind that has, has strayed for whatever reason, maybe you know the reason, it's okay. We don't need to focus on the reason. That person that has strayed away, I want you to take a moment and I want you to pray for them. This is private, I want you to take a moment. I want you to pray for them. The second thing I want you to do in your prayer is I want you to ask God how to search. I believe this, that God knows our heart. And if God knows our heart, He knows what we need. So if I'm in tune to Him and I'm following His voice and his leading and his guidance, and I don't have to worry about overstepping or being overbearing because I'm being led by him. God, we lift up those that are lost. You know, I think about the sheep. guys ever been lost when you're driving? Even with the GPS sometimes you're lost. Now I'm never really lost. I just wanted to see something else. Sometimes man it's not that I don't want to get there. I just don't know how. It's not that I don't want to get there. I'm just lost, I don't don't know how to get back. Have you ever been at that moment where you're traveling and you're lost and you want nothing more than just to get there and you're trying your best, you just can't do it? I think that some that are lost are not lost by choice. They just kind of wandered off. I don't know why they wandered, but they just kind of wandered off and then they wanna get back. They just don't know how. And they're trying their best and they want nothing more than just to be back, but they don't know how. We need to go and show them that even though they wandered, that God is madly in love with them and that we are too. And then we've got 99 here that are waiting to embrace the one. And we celebrate the found. Hallelujah. In your chair when you came in, there was a a card that says, Join me at Word of Life. I want to see every person take one of those cards to give it to the one. If you want to take more than one card, there's one in every seat. There's a lot out there. But take at least one and give that one card to someone this week. Maybe leave it at a restaurant with a tip. That's not the tip. Leave it with a tip. Some people leave those like fake $100 bills with a, like a message about Jesus on the other side. I tell you what, that's not my Jesus. My Jesus leaves a $100 bill and a message about Jesus. Maybe you give it to your teller at the bank or maybe you give it to a friend or a co-worker. I I don't know who you give it to. You know where you should not give it? The floorboard of your car. It doesn't need it. Give it to somebody this week. Let them know that God is madly in love with them. Next week. We're going to talk about the prodigal son. We're going to break this thing down. I, I have a really, really special surprise. And if, if you are in youth service and you know it, you better keep your mouth shut, all right? You better. I, I will hunt you down. I'll search for you. That's, I guarantee it. It's going to be killer next week, all right? Thank you guys so, so much. Who's closing me out today? You? All right. Praise God.
1: Y'all give Pastor Jason a hand. Was that not a good message? It was amazing. It was awesome. I will say that I am definitely, definitely encouraged to do more. All right, um, let's let's pray over these real quick. Um, as I was sitting there and I was looking at these, I just I didn't want to read them. I didn't want to look like. Uh, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about the time that um, I wrote on one of these. Sometimes it's just so good um, when you're, you're, it's like you're airing it out. It's like you're just letting it out there. You're just letting, you know, not, not so much of that somebody has to hear this or whatever it is, but it's, the fact that, one, you're writing it out um, to God, and then another thing is, is that we're coming up here and we're standing together on whatever this is. You don't have to know exactly what's on this card. You can stand with your family, your church family, right here, right now. So Father, we thank you for needs being met we thank you for healing we thank you lord for whatever it is represented on these cards lord you know and you know exactly how to meet those needs and we thank you for it in jesus mighty name and everybody said amen all right well you guys are dismissed have a good day go eat some great food